The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in to the second hour of the show. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint as we come to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Happy to have you with us here on this beautiful Thursday. And it is a beautiful Thursday. I mean, an absolutely gorgeous day. Look at it. Look at it. It's my favorite thing. One of my favorite things about the, those HGTV shows is during the reveal, they say, look at it like 37 times. I like to count them and average it out. <laughs> I tell you what, it, it look at it because, geez, there goes that guy on that backhoe again. <laughs> There's been a guy that's gone by here the last couple of mornings on a backhoe, and it's been like he's in a drag race or something. <laughs> he's, he's, and, he's definitely doing thirty five forty down this road. That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, um, his tires can take it if he hits a pothole, though. <laughs> it it's deceptively pretty out there because again, it's sixty one. It is a little chilly, but we'll get there. We'll get there. It's it's, it's good weather to be outside. If you're going to be outside for a while, because you're not going to sweat. So you can get in the sun. It, it feels warmer than 61. Ah, on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, we have a guy who stood out in the sun for a very long time. <laughs> and I'm sure he enjoyed every bit of it. We have now retired legendary Cumberland University baseball coach Woody Hunt joins us on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We are so excited to have you, Coach. Thanks for joining us and taking some time. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to have that y'all have me on today. Coach, um, I, I know that you're on the move today. Um, just um, enjoying retirement, I guess. it's It's got to be a little bit different for you, even though the season is over for Cumberland. In past years, I would imagine you would still be doing something baseball related either you know having end of season meetings with your team or or maybe trying to do some recruiting or or something it's got to be a different feel for you i would imagine these days well it is a different feel however i'm still doing normal stuff besides recruiting and just getting the year in inventory and talking to players and this and that but yeah it's a very different feel it, it hit me after we were eliminated and 
you know, it's a, it's a feel that I have to get used to. But you know, life goes on. You gotta you gotta adapt to each stage that life brings. I guess the question, Coach, would be what? Why now? Well, I've been at it a long time, but you know, this is my forty third year at Cumberland. Forty or forty one as a head coach. I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but. You know, I'm 70 years old. We're 71 in August, so it's, it's time age-related. And, uh, you know, the grind has been hard, and it's uh, been good, but that's also, it, you know, it kind of takes a toll. And you're going to realize there's, there's got to be a time that you have to get out, and this is the time for me, I felt like. 1,600 wins, three national championships, two runner-up finishes. Uh, that's um, that That's a, a level that, a lot of coaches aspire to reach over your tenure. You have, and, and ironically it's been more recent than early, but over the, over your tenure, you have certainly seen some really good baseball teams and players come through your program and talk a little bit about, the program that you built at Cumberland and, and how special it is to you. And, and how did you, how did you get them to that level? Well, when I first started, we were at junior college and uh, we were a very good junior college. Uh, NAI school, four year status. And, and the first season was 84. I think it was 84. Uh, but we, we were good the first year because our, our players that were in our JUCO pro- program stayed with us and, you know, became the first four-year uh, team. So we became very good because our players stayed with us and we didn't have to re-recruit everybody. And we made the transition pretty quickly and it became very good very early on. But the first two years, we uh, 84 and 85, we wasn't able to go to any tournaments because we were in that transition status. And back in those days, you had to, ha- you had to set out two years of, of a probationary period, not that we did anything wrong, just because we were we were going from two to four year mm-hmm. status. So we had set out two years without any postseason play. But those two teams would have would have probably done pretty well in postseason. But so I, I credit that more than anything. Our junior college players stayed with us. We didn't have to re recruit everybody. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a you know guys who knew they weren't going to be able to play in the postseason and yeah. yet stuck with you as their coach. And I think that says as much about you as a as a coach and a leader as it does those those young men who stuck around as well. And I think that's uh, that that that's pretty special. Um well it, it it was and you know I didn't know that would happen. Some of our two year players at the time was was heavily recruited by four-year colleges, and and so, you know, we just they just happened to stay with us, and uh, they liked our program, they liked the school, and and it was a kind of an easy transition for us. But uh, and we and then we we uh, uh, I knew that in order to to have a good four-year college at the NEI level, you had to recruit junior college players because we ha- we had the junior college. Uh, you know, experience, and we knew the the level of competition and the level of players that were in that in the JUCO rank. So we were able to make that move, and in, in the following years, recruit a lot of JUCO players and freshmen, of course, too. But we had a combination of that uh, to make our program good from the very beginning. 
And coach, I, I guess through that transition, when you know that you've, you've got to recruit Jukes and, and you've just come out of the junior college ranks, did that make it easier for you to recruit those kids at that point? Uh, it, it did. Yes, it did. Because, uh, I knew that the, the talent level at the Juco ranks were really good and it, because we had had the experience there and we kind of gave them a, you know, a look, come help us build this, uh, four year program. And, and because we had a vision to be the best we could be at the four year program. And, and we had played other four year schools in this area, even including division one in the fall, we were able to play, you know, fall schedule back in those days. So, our junior college team, we always compete against the four-year colleges very well. And so, you know, I, I knew what we could do because uh, we had played the four-year colleges. I knew we wasn't far behind. If we could have a good recruiting years, we could, we could, you know, become good early, and that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. We're speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with retired Cumberland University baseball coach Woody Hunt. Coach, um... I guess one of the more exciting developments with the program took place here over the last few days as um, one of your former All-Americans, Aaron Wilkerson, is on the um, opening day roster for Oklahoma City, the AAA affiliate of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know, I'm not sure who's happier, you or Tommy Bryan, because I know um, <laughs> how, how big a Dodgers fan Tommy is. But, um, you know, to have, to have one of your guys – that close to the majors, it's got to be a pretty big deal for y'all. It was, yeah. He was scheduled to go to Taiwan to play this year, and his wife got sick, and that was this is closer, huh? Yeah, a lot closer, and you know, and you know, he, he was he's been in the major leagues before with Milwaukee, and then he he uh, he got uh, uh, they didn't bring him back, or whatever happened with his contract. So, he so he could have been in Nashville. Well, he could have been, yes. Yeah, yeah. Milwaukee, yeah. Yeah, he could have been. But, uh, you know, he's with Dodgers now, a good organization, and I know he's happy to be there. And I know I'm happy for him. I think that – I think he'll get back to the big leagues because there's so many injuries now with big league pitchers, and they have uh, – they carry more pitchers now than ever before. So, you know, he's got the experience at the big league level, and I hope he does well with the Dodgers now. Yeah, they just We're had, for him. they just had an injury with Dustin May, I think. But as you said, Coach, and particularly with everything that's going on with the pandemic and the shortened schedule last year and that kind of thing, I, I felt like coming into the year that, you know, arm care and that kind of thing was going to really be a big um, – topic of discussion and, and something really to watch at the major league level this time around as you try to go back up from 60 games to 162. Uh, I, I don't know that you're going to be able to see guys go out yeah. every fifth day and, and pitch into the sixth or seventh, that kind of thing, as as we did pre-pandemic. I mean, as again, with your experience as a coach, what would your expectation be as far as that goes? Well, I think that the, the, the major league pitching staffs are going to be revolving doors all year. They're going to bring people up and down a lot. And uh, I think they have a rule that they can do that a little bit easier now because of the pandemic. And I think that, you know, injuries occur so so much now. Uh, pitchers don't extend themselves as starters. You have to have uh, at least two or three pitchers, at least three pitchers available every night. And so with that, I think you're going to see a lot of changes and a lot of guys 
uh, come up and go back down. And I think it's, I think Wilson has a chance to get there again because of that reason. I think uh, the 2020 year was one that was unlike any other, and especially for someone who's been around the game as long as you have, Coach. How how difficult was it to make you know, to kind of weed through last year and and even get to this year? Well, last year was tough, you know, from a personal standpoint with the COVID. Our season was canceled basically from the very after a few games, and it was very tough on the players, very tough on the coaches and the school, and everybody had the same problem. You know, the the, the problems that COVID brought on was universal. We just had them a little different way, maybe, but uh, it was uh, tough. Tough for our team, uh, you know, tough to. And we came back in the fall, and we had we had to do. Uh, practice sessions a little different than we normally do because of the COVID regulations. And then we get to the season of 2021 and we had the same issues with COVID. We couldn't, you know, in fact, we had two weekends we, we lost because of COVID. We lost practice time because of COVID. So it's mm-hmm. been very difficult on the players to develop a rhythm or a certain routine of playing and practicing. Uh, been very tough. And, you know, it's just been a tough year for everybody. And, Coach, one of the things that we've talked about periodically, particularly at the college level, is with everybody getting an extra year of eligibility, you know, kind of the log jam that is being created on various rosters and, you know, the the bottleneck that's going to come out of that with kids coming out of high school and kids coming out of junior college and, and kids hanging around you know, at both the junior college and at the four-year level, you're you're gonna there, there's gonna be a lot of athletes available and not very very many places for them to go. It would seem like. Yeah, it's it's a tough time. You know, it's uh, you know like the junior colleges they play this year and the players wasn't they they uh, wasn't uh, they played for free basically because the year didn't count for them so. If those guys go back to the junior college level, then then it's going to cost high school players a chance to come to the JUCO level, and and then we have a certain rule here: you can get your year back if you played in so many games and that type of thing. So you're right; it's going to be a bottleneck, and it's going to be uh, things built up over the because of COVID. It's going to take another two or three years, and maybe longer than that, to get things cleared out. Rosters are going to be full. Our players will will lose the opportunity to get a chance to play at at different levels because of COVID. It's just, it's really a hard thing to figure out now, but hopefully we can get through this because I'm retired, but the next, next two or three, <laughs> two or three years, I think it's going to take at least two or three years to, to clear everything out. Won't necessarily be your problem to deal with, huh, coach? <laughs> no, yeah, it won't. Be other... Oh man. Coach Woody Hunt on the Parks and Motor Sales Hotline joining us here today. And coach, we appreciate what you've done for the game of baseball in in this region and the time that you've spent probably in Columbia recruiting some kids occasionally. Oh yeah, yeah, Columbia <laughs> State, yeah, Columbia High School. Oh yeah, a really good area. Columbia is really good, a good baseball town. And 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 because of that, we we you know we really just wanted to get you on this show to express 
our appreciation for, again, what you've done for the game of baseball in this area and over the last 43 years at, Cum- at Cumberland University. Uh, we really appreciate it, and congratulations, and enjoy your retirement. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and uh, it's just that time, and I understand that, and life goes on. So I appreciate everybody being so good to me in the middle, middle Tennessee area. It's been great. Coach, enjoy it. Okay. Thank you so much. All righty. Okay. Bye-bye. That was Cumberland University, retired Cumberland University baseball coach Woody Hunt. Um, three NAI national championships in a 10-year span, two national runner-ups, 12 trips to the NAIA World Series, 20 regular season conference championships. That yeah. ain't bad. Yeah, they, I mean, really, really impressive. I, I'm looking over some of their, let's just say that the list of uh, Cumberland players drafted in professional baseball is bigger than you think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you could add one to it because um, there was a kid that transferred from there to UT, Oh. An outfielder who I think wound up going in the first round to Baltimore a few years back. I can't call his name off the top of my head, but um, Chris so. Smith. Yes, <laughs> it was in fact in the first round to Baltimore. Uh, that was in two thousand one, so a few years ago, Coach Mike. <laughs> it's been <laughs> maybe that's I why I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> That's I, I was a sophomore in high school. Like uh, I said, maybe that's why I couldn't remember his name. But, hey, you, but you nailed it. You yeah. got his name. You got the name, team, and the Rams. Well, I mean, that was a pretty big deal at the time because I believe that was also the year that um, Dewan Brazelton came out as oh. the number three overall pick from MTSU. So we had um, a couple of top ten picks. A lot going that on that year. That yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, it, it's funny because one of the, the junior college players drafted is uh, to the New York Mets, quote, Doc Holiday. Uh, it doesn't give a first name, though, so I don't know who, who he is. <laughs> I, I assume it's not Roy Halliday. No, <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Clearly, but it's just funny because it's just, just Doc. <laughs> That's all he went That's by. All he, was, we don't even know his first yeah. name. He just put Doc on his uh, on his admission papers. I'm wrong on that. Um, Chris Smith was actually drafted out of Cumberland, seventh overall in that 2001 draft. Did he transfer? He from might have UT transferred from UT to, to Cumberland. Yeah, but um, that 2001 draft. I'm sitting here looking at it. Joe Maurer was the number one pick overall by the Twins. Mark Pryor out of USC, former Vanderbilt pitcher. To the Cubs, Dewan Brazelton at three, Gavin Floyd at four to the Phillies, uh, Mark Teixeira out of Georgia Tech mm. to Texas at number five, and then um, Josh Carp <laughs> went six overall to the Montreal Expos. That guy. Yeah. That's so funny. Mark Teixeira from Georgia Tech to Texas. Texas. Yep. Chris Smith to um, Baltimore out of Cumberland at number seven. And I was covering the Nashville Sounds at that point. So the Pittsburgh Pirates at number eight draft John Van Benscoten out of Kent State. Mm. Van Benscoten led the nation 
in home runs that year for Kent State. Pittsburgh drafts him as a pitcher. Oh, of course they did. Exactly. And and nobody even batted an eye that had any knowledge of the Pittsburgh organization at that time because that was right. Or any time since. That was right in line with everything they would do. Well, um, there were four Cumberland players drafted that year. That, that just shows you how – I mean, that's crazy. You know, the moral to that story is if you can play, they'll find you. They'll find you. Yeah. So – Anyway, let's take a break and keep talking some baseball. What do you say? That'll work. We'll talk Braves on the other side of a break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be right back in the Lee Company studio. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. about it's southern middle tennessee sports today once again with mo here's chris welcome back into southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint as we bring you the best in braves coverage every single day and there's no question there the uh yeah the Atlanta Braves, with a big win last night, they were a, they were nearly twenty four hours without a grand slam, so they were due. So, <laughs> Marcelo Zuna delivers and celebrates at every base. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, this team with Bobby Cox as manager with some of the antics, the mix it up and that kind of thing? I think he just it would implode. never happen. He'd just implode in the dugout. Or it, you're right, it would never happen. Um, and it I, wouldn't. It wouldn't have. It would have never started. So therefore, but it wouldn't I, be an issue. I, but I will. T- I will. I will tell you as a longtime Braves fan, I enjoy seeing the enthusiasm. Very glad to see what we're seeing now. I mean, I think it's a lot. You know, I think you have to take it for what it is and And, and, enjoy the game. And I think, truth be known, I'm not sure how much Snitger enjoys it. I think he just kind of recognizes that some stuff you got to let go. Especially when you're winning. 
I don't know. I I feel like because of his because of his background in the minor league system and how that can sometimes be goofy with hot dog races and everything else that goes with it. Yeah, but those aren't the players. Still, I think I think you kind of get used to the the goofiness, the goofiness around the game and your players embracing the fun that may be is not a bad thing. Yeah. And, and he's he's more open to it than maybe some others would be. And and I think I think maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I think maybe they have all grown up from the Acuna debacle from a couple of years ago where he didn't run the ball out and got yanked out mid game and everybody crushed him for it and that kind of thing. I mean you look no further than Huascar Enoa's grand slam and the pose down from a couple of nights ago. Because I mean, dude, for for a non position player, he he enjoyed that as much as anything. That holding that backswing and everything, uh, the finish that that was poster esque. I thought, but yeah, you know, um, Ozuna. And the the selfies and everything else. I, I just think it's fun. I, I do too. I think it's fun. I think this team is fun. I I, I certainly hope that well, right now we're getting this team is yeah. fun. <laughs> Hopefully, we're getting to a point where maybe we get some pitching back and everything. Kind of. Well, it's funny that you say that. Yeah, because we get the Braves finish up a three game series. At the Nats today, it's a three oh five start. The Gunnats, yeah. Um, it will not be heard on our sister station. It will not be heard on our sister station one hundred three point seven FM. So if you were planning to do that, plan something else because kids on stage will air at six o'clock tonight, and so I guess two hours and fifty five minutes wasn't enough time to. For the Braves to finish up, and maybe it Probably, wouldn't be. Yeah. Average the, average broadcast has been running about three twelve. About, about three twelve, as far as the game and the post post game and, and stuff. Five hours if you want to count the, the pregame and stuff. So, so I, okay, so here's a question: Which is worse, no game at all, or taking it up to six o'clock and then cutting it off? Oh, I don't know. Because what if it's close? I was going to say the. One of the, hey, one of the last so things mad. they want to do is have a tie game, bases loaded. Okay, it's time to go to something else. See kids on stage. Like, yeah. Um, what, what did they call that one time in the NFL? Oh, the Heidi, the Heidi, game. Heidi game. The Heidi game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no station ever wants to have a that, Heidi game. the Heidi game on their resume. It'd on be one record. way to find out how many people are listening to Atlanta Braves <laughs> baseball on 103.7, though. <laughs> so, anyway. It, as you, That's um, funny. So, in this 3 o'clock game today, speaking of getting some pitching back, John Lester will take the bump for the Nats. The Braves will counter with 0-2, 8.45 ERA, Drew Smiley, the $11 million man. Hey, Max Fried had an 11 ERA going into last night, so. <laughs> let's, let's see what it is now. <laughs> it's probably. Because he only gave up one in, what, six? Five. He didn't go into the six. Didn't okay. Into the six. Okay. All right. Um, 
Santana came in in the sixth. That's right. After you said, be interesting to see if he get, comes out for the sixth. He did not. He did not. Yeah. Uh, after only throwing 72 pitches in five innings. And I think that is the most important thing, the efficiency. Matter of fact, it was funny. Were you on the broadcast yesterday? Yes, I was working so, on the broadcast. Um, I, I wasn't listening on the radio, but Chip and his infinite, infinite wisdom, wisdom. Uh, says as as Freed strikes out somebody, uh, whoever is before Trey Turner in the lineup, struck the guy, strikes the guy out and he goes, you know, Trey Turner hits into – the most double plays on the Nationals team. And by George, if he didn't hit one right back to one six three, yep, to get him out of the field. And yep. I was like, all right, cool. Good job. Well, on the radio yep. broadcast on another time at bat, though, they, they'd they done something very similar. They said, yeah, it comes up, walks the, next, walks the guy, and then he says, and up comes Turner, uh, the Braves killer. He said he hasn't. He said, though, we've, we've held him in check for the most of the night. And then tonight, he homers. And then wham. <laughs> The next, the very next pitch after he said we've held him in check tonight, the next pitch, it was gone. Well, that's Josh Tomlin for you. You never know what well, you're going to get. Well, and Chip giveth and Chip taketh away. I guess. Well, that was that was Ben or Jim, I guess. Oh, on the radio, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Chip said it too. Um, the Braves pitching staff is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> And that's true from inning to inning, even. <laughs> you never know. Now, when uh, we go to the pen, we could either get, you know, nine up, nine down, or we may give up nine runs. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the bullpen for the Braves is a thrill a minute right now. Uh, <laughs> man. It's, it's a struggle is what it is. But that's okay. Did you ever find a ZRA? 8-4-4. Um, four, four. Went down three points. That'll work. Uh, so now he has a lower ERA than Drew Smiley, who is an eight four five. <laughs> there you go. Hey, take your positives where they come, and, right? they, and a couple extra wins to go to boot. At least he's back down into the single digits. Yeah, that's that's a start. That's a start. Four grand slams this season, and for a I, team that has struggled offensively, really. Yeah. Well, I was listening to again listening on the radio as I left Zion yesterday. They have the most two-out runs and the most two-out home runs of any team in baseball right now. So That's weird. They're doing a lot of damage with two outs, and Ozuna's Grand Slam was one of those. It's wild. Also, not to be overlooked, William Contreras with his first home run of the season last night. One thing I've noticed is they're not manufacturing very many runs. It's it's all or nothing, yeah. and a lot of it's long ball stuff. And we've seen this movie. Uh, 2011 was one of those teams. Mm. And that's okay when you have guys who can go. Your, here's the thing. It's not that Atlanta doesn't have people who can't get base hits. They're just not getting them right now. Right. And that's that's going to come. Yeah, you're, you're, that goes you back know. to your exit velocity stat that you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Their hard hit ball well, rate. They're saying, you know, uh, Dansby's one of the people in in that mind. He's he's yes, he's striking out several times, but when he does make contact with the ball, he hits it incredibly hard. Right now, it just happens to be either 
right at somebody or out of the park. One of the two. And, uh, again, if you look at averages, it's eight out of ten times. It's right at somebody or he misses completely. Well, swing hard in case you, in case you, hit, you, it. you hit it. In case you hit it, yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of – I feel like the Braves are in a situation where they are going to be okay because eventually those balls are going to start getting through. Finding holes. I wonder what the – and I am not – Please understand <laughs> that I'm not a analytics guy. Thank you. Necessarily. But I do think that there are some some things that you can extrapolate. You certainly can. And one of those things that I'm trying to find batting average of balls in play. B A B I P is 271. Their average overall is 234. So it appears that they are luckier than normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we strike out nearly 25% of the time. And that's not good. That is not good. Now, that is a lot of that is. a 36 Enoa strikes out 30% of his at bats, but he hit two home runs. So you know what? He can strike out 60% of his bats. He keeps hitting home runs when he does hit it. Yeah. Feast or famine for, you know, huh? and I'm okay with that. Cause he's a pitcher. I don't care. So, uh, I mean, yeah. Anything you get out of him offensively is a positive anyway, cause you're expecting nothing. Yeah. Dude's average is three eighty five. Maybe we should expect more. <laughs> uh Austin Riley hitting 301. Uh Guillermo Heredia hitting 300. Acuña obviously at 327. Uh That's about the only everyday players that have north of 300, but the fact that Austin Riley's hitting 301 right now is insane because he started the year with like a 127 through the first two or three weeks. <laughs> He's just been on fire. Uh, it's it, this Braves team has been very, very odd. It's a very, very. Uh, I said it earlier in the season, but it's it's holding true. They're very streaky. They are. Streaky. They, they'll have you know they'll have these runs of four or five game winning streaks, and then they'll turn right around and have another run of four or five losing games. Uh, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see in what, between. It'll be interesting to see what the long term impact of not having Darno available is. I'll be curious. Uh, Contreras is doing a pretty good job in three games. Yeah. Okay. That being said, uh, yes, it would have been it would be nice to have him play every day in Gwinnett, but he's the catcher of the future. He's the guy we got to have. Well, the future being until Shea Langoliers is is ready. Yeah, I I, I guess. Um, and he was your first rounder. You yeah. took him for a reason. I mean, so. I, how long do you expect that to take? You know, four or five years? It's hard to say. I, I don't know. I mean, Contreras yeah. has been in the minors for five years now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
the Braves have a lot of really good catchers right now. Outside of Alex Jackson's batting woes <laughs> at the at best, they are they have a lot of really good catchers in the system. So perhaps some trade bait. Could be. You never know. I will be interested to see. Uh, last night, the Toledo Mud Hens took down the Nashville Sounds as well. Again, uh, 9-6 the final there. Tell me about this uh, this this late breaking news in West Tennessee. Well, you know, scrolling through Twitter as we are wont to do, uh, came across a tweet from J.J. Cooper of um, Baseball America. The American Association, which is one of the non-affiliated um, minor leagues, announces that Winnipeg is moving from Jack moving to Jackson, Tennessee, home of the recently dropped from affiliated ball Jackson Generals for the 2021 season because of the closed U.S.-Canada border for the pandemic. So the American Association is primarily in the U.S., Hence the American, American. Association. <laughs> I, I guess, guess the question is, why was Winnipeg in it to start with? Well, they are know. in North America. I'd say North America is is a continent, so yeah. you know. But still, <laughs> yeah, it's you know. <laughs> there you go. Um, the league has worked with the Winnipeg Gold Eyes exhaustively through the off season to return baseball to Shell Park in 2021, and will continue to do so as our season begins said American Association Commissioner Joshua Schaub. So they are planning to go back. Yeah. yeah. Eventually. The indefinite closure of the U.S.-Canada border required us to always have a plan B, and we are grateful to the Jackson Generals for welcoming the Gold Eyes this summer. Jackson and Western Tennessee, clearly not from here, is a tremendous baseball market featuring a high-quality professional stadium and we look forward to bringing our brand of play-to-win baseball to the community. So, Well, anybody who is familiar with minor league baseball knows that they were West Tennessee Diamond Jacks for a long time. Well, not only were they the West Tennessee Diamond Jacks, but, I mean, East, Middle, West are the three grand divisions. And, and this really bothers me because I learned all this in my seventh grade Tennessee history class. Mm. They're grand divisions. They are all capitalized, West, Middle, and East. And it drives me crazy to see East, Middle, or West not capitalized. And certainly Western Tennessee bothers me. That's anyway, funny. Um, the Gold Eyes will play their scheduled home games at the ballpark in Jackson, formerly Pringles Park. Um, supposed to start play May 21st yeah, against, against the, the Chicago, Chicago Dogs. Dogs, which is a great name, by the way. Yeah. I just want to throw that out there. So They are also hosting the uh, OVC baseball tournament. Now, when is that? <laughs> That's a great question. I believe it is before that, though. I think it is uh, like ASAP. Like, oh, I'm sorry, May 27th through 29th. Well, hope the gold eyes are away. That. <laughs> I'm sure that, I'm that, sure they will be. That could be interesting. Uh so there's that. Um all right, before we get out of here, we got one more thing to do. Yeah, we do. Um May 6, 2015, the Mississippi Braves and Biloxi Shuckers squared off against each other for the first time at Pearl's Trustmark Park. Pearl is just outside of Jackson and that's where the M Braves play. 
um, this was the Shuckers' first season um, as a member of the Southern League. That series was originally scheduled for Biloxi, but was moved to Pearl due to MGM Park's construction delays. The Shuckers won the initial, the inaugural game 8-7, but the M Braves took the series three games to two. Another one of those great nicknames for minor league. The, the Shuckers? Yep. Yeah. I love it. I love the Shuckers. I think it's a great Makes name. Makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. Perfect yeah. for Biloxi. It's just, it's perfect. Uh, and speaking of, now I kind of want oysters. Uh. <laughs> we can fix that. I know a place. You know a guy? Yeah. All right, so that's uh, that, that's going to do it. It's interesting that your Braves history was minor league related after we got through with the minor league stuff there. Well, there wasn't a whole lot to choose from at the major league level. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll check May, May 6th was a slow day. Yes. <laughs> slow day. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the NHL. Uh, a little preds, but there's a there's a lot to unpack that happened in the National Hockey League over the last couple of days. So we'll get into it uh, on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stick around; we'll be right back. Hey, folks! While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao here, along with Mo Patton, Coach Mike on the controls, and we are happy to have you as you join us on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else, including our friends down in Franklin County where they have a, a little show that will air after a little bit later today, Southern Middle Tennessee Outdoors. That will air at 105 and at 5.05 this afternoon. And on Saturday at 7.05 a.m., it is a locally produced radio conversation with special guests from the TWRA, uh, fishing guides, podcasters, much more. Uh, covering all of southern middle Tennessee from Rutherford County down to the state line, all across Lincoln Coffee Moor, all of that area. And, of course, over here in uh, Murray, Lawrence, Williamson, Davidson, and other counties around the area. Just an hour-long discussion of topics of interest around that surround the outdoors in southern middle Tennessee. And now is the time because it is perfect Perfect fishing weather. It's a good day to be outside. Good day to be on the river. Um, so let's let's unpack some things here, okay? <laughs> the New York Rangers 
And the Washington Capitals apparently were involved in some sort of physical scuffle on May 4th. And I don't really know what happened in said scuffle. I've seen a couple of videos, but I don't know who's involved because it's just a big pile of people. And so apparently, apparently there was a a, a, a fight of some sort in the May 4th game. And in that fight, there was a, quote, act of violence from the New York Rangers by Capitals forward Tom Wilson. The Rangers felt as though Wilson should have been suspended for his action. He was not. He was not, prompting a statement from the New York Rangers Twitter account. It says statement from the New York Rangers. I think it was a statement, a, period. From, like a, from the organization. Uh, yeah. The, and it says, quote, the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that the Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts. And we found it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Yeesh. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to uh, Artem- Artemi Panarin. Sure. That will prevent him from playing again this season, which is like three games. But nonetheless, it's an injury that's season-ending. Plus the playoffs. I yeah. don't think the Rangers are in the playoffs. Okay. Three games. <laughs> we, we view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Paros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Now. And this resulted in some some, some Rangers front office this, people losing. This resulted their jobs. in some folks losing their job, but it wasn't George Paros. No, 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 it was not George Paros. <laughs> I think the general manager and somebody else, yeah, was relieved of their duty. And last night, as the puck dropped on the second game of the series. As the puck dropped, so did sticks and gloves. So which hit first, the gloves or the puck? Uh, it was a photo <laughs> finish. <laughs> photo finish. Uh, best way to put it. Yeah. And that was, it reminded me of a story my dad told once about when the Birmingham Bullies, they play off the Broad Street Bullies, uh, were in Chicago, or I'm sorry, Cincinnati, the day before the game, Cincinnati Inquirer runs an editorial cartoon, has a picture of um, Gil, um, I'm sorry, Glenn Sonmer, who was the head coach, has a picture of him holding his team in chains and calls them Glenn's goons. And the next day, the puck dropped, and so did the gloves. <laughs> the gloves. And, uh, yeah, it became known as the Thanksgiving Day Massacre in uh, uh, because the game started with 10 players in the penalty box, and the Bulls won 12-2. Oh, God. 
And so was the goalie one of the players in the penalty box? <laughs> That's a great question. I, <laughs> probably not, but apparently <laughs> they might should have tried somebody else. Yeah. Goodness so, gracious. But no, um, I think. That's wild. But the way things went down last night with um, the Rangers and the Caps and, and the dropping of the gloves almost from from the opening puck drop. Why? Why is this acceptable behavior in the NHL and in no other sport? They ain't going to let no real bros play hockey because they just let you fight. <laughs> It'll be guys out there skating with no stick. Just run Honestly, up, just once, run once up they, to folks. I, I have heard I don't once understand. the fight starts, they do. Just let them go until, oh, yeah. one, hits until one hits the ground. Yep. And, then they, and then they come in to break it up. And, yep. and part of it's just to, you know, they say it's to for two things. Number one, to get it out of their system. And number two, it sells tickets. Ta da! Coach Mike just gave you the answer. He just said the quiet part out loud, huh? No, I've got a friend on on Facebook who says if an if an NBA game had started with brawling like the Caps Rangers hockey game last night, even those cooking shows would be talking about those thugs today. Thugs in quotes. But seriously, why why is this acceptable behavior in one professional sports league? Out of all the professional sports, I think it's always it's been part of yeah. It's just in always been part of it and, and stuff. So that's just how it goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, they take care. Of it. I, I read a, uh, one of the pair, uh, one of the quotes I saw is that we felt like we needed to take care of our own business, and that since, was that was a quote by one of the players, was, right? You know. And, you know, since nothing was well. happening. We had to take care of our own business. Well, apparently that's uh, that's how the New York Rangers felt about George Paros and the Washington Capitals and Tom yeah. Wilson and everybody yeah. else involved. So they just took care of their own business. So there you go. The Predators did not take care of business last night. They get beat by the Blue Jackets, and that's just ridiculous. There's no reason for that. I'm sick of it. Well, uh, especially since the Stars lost last night. All they had Stars. to do was win yesterday to clinch a high and it been over. spot. Yeah. That's right. So it's going to be a whole mess over the weekend. There are three games left and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun so anyway we'll be back tomorrow with plenty of high school baseball softball recaps if you missed any part of today's show the podcast will be available uh, wherever you get your podcasts and much more so make sure to check it out follow us on twitter and on facebook at underscore uh, at sm underscore tn sports on twitter and instagram and of course southern middle tennessee sports on facebook we appreciate you guys hanging out with us today down at wzyx on facebook and on twitter for coach mike and maurice Patton. i'm chris yow saying so long from the lee company studios and stay cool columbia <laughs>